0: Hey guys, this is the Trends Rehab Podcast with episode number five. Thank you for tuning in.
1: What up, my people? Today we're going to be talking about training when programming when it comes to gen pop, athletes, and kids. Um, It definitely changes, right, amongst the different populations to a certain extent, yeah? Yeah. So let's just start off with gen pop.
0: There's also lots of similarities.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. So when we're talking about gen pop, what is the general, when it comes to programming, what is the, the things that you look for?
0: Um. It depends, as I always say, uh, depends on the person's goals. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if it's down for me to choose whatever I want that person to do, if it's general population, I would get him, him, it sounds cliche, but I would get him doing the big four, uh, some type of squat, some type of deadlift, some type of overhead pressing and some bench pressing because with that, it it doesn't get better than that for health or Mm -hmm. integrity or whatever his goals are. Mm -hmm. Um, And whatever his goals are, I'm pretty sure you could, Feed those four lifts on his programming or her programming, On some sort of the spectrum, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. I, I, I like that a lot because when it comes down to general population, general health, we're just talking about big scale movements that brings the body through the range of motions that they would need throughout life. Yeah. I mean, do, do you
0: think everyone should lift weights?
1: Yeah. I mean, to a Why? certain extent, so to a certain extent, everyone should lift weights. Um, if not weights, just work against resistance. Uh, it, when it comes down to it, I'm not going to get everybody in the gym and I'm not going to get everyone in the pool. look at a swimmer, the swimmer is definitely functional, you know. He, but he's working against a completely different resistance. So I do believe that everyone should lift weights because I'm biased, but when it comes down to it, as long as you're working against some kind of stress under a certain amount of progressive overload, you are going to see the top results of your body.
0: So your number one advice when it comes to exercise is resistance training.
1: Yes, resistance training, exactly. There you go. Yeah. I I do, I'm a heavy believer in resistance training. And I think you need to stress the system because we are not machines, guys. We are we are organisms that adapt. We can we can come to a higher higher level if we push ourselves to it. But a lot of people are too scared to do so.
0: I agree 100% with you on that one.
1: So, going circling back to the gen pop, you said that we're going to do the big four, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um let's say we have an All right, the gen, the general uh, story would be what running right a lot of people mm-hmm. like to run yeah so what would be a program in your mind for somebody that wants to return to running
0: if i mean it depends if they're on pain if they're not on pain if they just want to get a little bit stronger um but there's good good research that runners should leap weights or mm-hmm. do some sort of resistance training or exercise because it'll definitely help them um because if you're on a, a runner you're loading your feet your calves everything mm-hmm. uh and if you get stronger, you have less chances of being injured. Yep. So why not lift weights? You you can only go two, three times a week. Um, but if you're loading progressively your tissue, mm-hmm. odds are you're not gonna get injured as easily as if you don't lift weights or do some sort of resistance exercise.
1: So are you going to? Would you would you be in the line of thought that we would exercise or resistance train prior to running, or would they, would you see like running and then in con- in contingent with the other. If it, if it
0: were down to my – uh, to, if it were down for me to choose, I would do lifting first. Yeah. But that's just me because I feel like if you go running and then on the same day you, you, you want to lift, you're going to be exhausted. Mm-hmm. But you could lift and then run because, I mean, that's uh, what I've done personally. I don't know what everyone thinks about it, but what do you think?
1: I mean, I just – I think running is not a beginner exercise. Don't get me wrong. We were gifted at it from birth. And if you stay with it, you are going to be good at it. However, if we're talking about the general population as we are, they don't stay with it. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of deload by not running. And then they expect like, oh, I'm going to get back into shape. Let me run, I don't know, a mile. Then they get shin, strength, sp- uh, mm-hmm. shin splints. Thank you. And they get all these other things that could have been avoided if they actually exercised prior. Think about it. When we're running, we are displacing, what, three times the force of our body weight onto one foot? over and over and over think about how many steps we take in the mile like a lot you know so it's something that most people need to start rethinking prior to just putting on the shoes and just going for a run and and it's something therapies
0: or doctors should think about that running is actually loading mm-hmm. not a lot of people think about it as loading maybe. exactly I think it's underrated mm-hmm. walking running or jogging it, it's highly underrated
1: exactly it's a type of load it's in the thing is it's a very specific load right exactly. it's not it's not a we're not talking all right, think about a bench press. We're doing a concentric, eccentric movement. For for, for running, we are absorbing. We are absorbing force and then going through the the, the contraction rate. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a completely unique stimulus that we just throw ourselves and we just throw ourselves at it and hopefully we can recover from it, which most of the time we can't.
0: So let's say a fifty or fifty-five year old guy goes to, to goes to you for advice. Yeah. He just wants to get healthier. Wants to be able to play with his grandchildren, yada yada. What 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 would be your top recommendation or advice for? And let's say he's not active; he's an office worker. Uh uh-huh. What what would you recommend for him?
1: So when it comes down to it, like I keep, we're gonna keep on going back to the big four because that is the staple of human movement. Um, aside from that, I'm going to pick what they want to do. Um, if the, if they just want general general physical preparedness, GPP. Um, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to make sure that you can do as much workload in a certain amount of time as possible. Because if you think about it, if you all right, let's think about CrossFit. Right, CrossFit is that's all GPP. Right, I we're gonna try to get as much work done in a small amount of time. That's kind of what if you can raise that general life is. A piece of cake, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's my general thought process on it. I'm going to do the big four. I'm going to do other variations of those movements so they don't get overuse injuries. And then at that point, if they can't lift their kid, their kid's morbidly obese, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, I mean... Just prepare them for the
0: movements of daily life, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So how would Gen Pop differ from an athlete? How would your programming look?
0: It would look really similar um, but obviously athletes will train harder when it comes to volume, uh, training mm-hmm. intensity loads, uh, but athletes, like I think all of the athletes should definitely do the big four also, mm-hmm. um, because I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Obviously, like I said, they're going to have different loads. They're going to have different intensities. They're going to train more days than the regular Joe, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the programming and the training will be highly similar.
1: Yeah. It's like going in, like everyone's going to go into that third gear, but that athlete's going to sit in that third go for much longer. Right, so uh, obviously you play baseball at a higher level than most. Uh, how does how does that programming look, and how does it differ from a Gen Pop to a college baseball player?
0: So, like I said, uh, the majority of the training will look similar. I, baseball player squad, they deadlift, they should mm-hmm. because uh, on my baseball teams they they had really shitty programming. Really, they did not know anything about coaching or, or yada yada. Mm. Um, I basically. Uh, yeah, I had to practice and live with them, but I did my own programming by myself. Uh, It was really poor programming, but yeah, like I was saying, baseball players should that lift, they should squat, they should press, and they should bench press also. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, let's say, for example, a catcher. If a catcher doesn't squat, he's going to be exhausted after the game. His knees are going to be imploded. He's going to be weak. (laughs) Uh, He he, he could get more easily injured than if he doesn't squat. Mm -hmm. Um, But Obviously, you gotta throw in some sports-specific training. Yes, baseball players are, are always rotating when they hit, so I would train some sort of rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, explosiveness drills because baseball—you don't run like a marathon, like r- you don't run long sprints, but you're definitely sprinting like ninety feet. Yeah. so you better train that system. Yes, because and that's another shitty stuff about our programming. Uh, I, let's say I was lead of hitter, I was center fielder, and the coaches made me run one, two, three miles. So that
1: makes no sense. It
0: makes absolutely no <laughs> sense. Like, why the hell are you making me do this? If the more I can, I the 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 best thing that I could do is just run in three seconds from home to. First base, yeah. Like, why the hell am I not sprinting and running them that system? Exactly. You're making me run miles, mile and miles.
1: Exactly. It, it makes no sense. It makes no, absolutely no sense. And that's a large gap in programming when it comes to. And the thing is, that's at a high level, you know. And just like imagine at the the high school level where there's absolutely no vetting, you know. So back to what we're talking about with I baseball.
0: Excuse here, this.
1: This is going to hate you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so when it came down to you said baseball, you said rotation, and you said. Training the specific systems, yeah. Um, can you give specific plyometric exercises when it comes to what, let's say, hitting that you would like, or any kind of sport specifics that would enhance that? Different, like you want exercises by name? Yeah, I want exercise by name. I mean, I,
0: yeah, I, I was asking him the name. I just, <laughs> I know, I knew the exercise, but I don't know the name. Um, a good exercise to begin with it would be a pallof press. Yeah, it's anti rotation. Okay. But you could also do it with a whole movement of rotation. Got like it. The cable, the pulleys, the rotation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, I'm doing yeah. the movement right now. I mean, if you're rotating through that motion with load, mm. whenever you transition to hitting, if, if you train it at a higher load, whenever you grab just like a regular bat, mm. it's going to be easier. You're going to have more power. You're going to have more speed. Yeah. You're going to be better. Yeah. It'll transition easily and way better than if you just – do it unloaded if you want to call it like that
1: would you say your performance or your team's performance was hindered because of the programming and it could have been better
0: it could have been better way better yeah and I think they did poor programming and also over programming because they killed us oh
1: yeah <laughs> they just beat the shit out of you yeah. and hopefully you recover yeah yeah oh, that's no that's no bueno <laughs> not, not
0: good at all but and, and I think that's fault in lots of programs at least back home mm-hmm. the, the coaches don't know don't know anything
1: it's idea yeah, i just think there's it's planned ignorance right i mean if they do look up things online they're only looking at the things they want to see and they're there's completely ignorant of for it.
0: example like before every warm-up or anything before you were supposed to long toss, for example 200 feet mm-hmm. they make you stretch mm-hmm. why, why the hell do you make me <laughs> stretch like i'm quote-unquote relaxing my muscles which i'm not but why the hell are you making me do this instead of like a good warm-up before i'm gonna be tossing long ball,
1: and that's high velocity yeah. so so let's open up a range of motion that we can't master and then let's put it over max velocity it, and it makes
0: no sense and i've i played baseball from like four years old to college uh-huh. and like every single coach i had did the same stuff did the same thing like before starting anything tossing you're gonna stretch. I mean, I didn't know, but that point. But now that I know everything that I know, yeah, it's like, what the it's hell monkey are they see, monkey do they, at have no they have no education. They they know nothing. They just see someone do it and they just do it. And I think it's 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 just wrong.
1: That's and it makes no sense. And that, that like once again, I want to bring this up. That's that's at the college level. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. People are they're getting paid more to teach a more like elite group of kids, and then they're doing stuff like that where they're. I they're setting you up for failure in, in a way definitely you know um, even
0: indirectly but they they should learn more
1: I think I just to, to capitalize on that but just from the football aspect um, Talk about football then yeah I love football I know nothing about football <laughs> it, there's a big thing when it comes to at least with football it's 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 hand to hand combat and, and to a certain extent right you are going against a human being almost every play I, I think that there is a point in time that you need to kind of step away from the textbook. Like, you know, don't exercise when you're tired, this, this, and that, because it enhances your chances of getting injured. And you actually kind of go into that realm because, well, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but with, with kids, when they start getting tired, they start self doubt. They don't believe in their, their, Mm -hmm. the program. They don't believe in how they they can do things and so on. So I think that, for example, you see somebody in warm ups. Oh, they're they're knocking things out of the park, or they're catching every ball. They're doing this, they're doing that. But the second they're in the two minute drill, or the end of the game where they have to make a, a score or a touchdown, they're trash. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, well, those are two different energy systems. You one, you are dead ass tired, and you're not going to be able to concentrate because you've never been in this position mm-hmm. before. Versus always fresh. So when it comes down to when it comes down to training, I, I do believe there should be a specific portion of training where it's like I'm going to get you dog tired. And see where your hand-eye coordination is now.
0: And there's also a psychological side to that.
1: Yes, and that, that that's what uh, down in West Palm we call that dog. We 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 <laughs> we put you on the chain, and it doesn't matter if I'm I, if I have a broken hand and I'm tired, I'm gonna get in your face and I'm gonna make sure you don't get past me because that's that's I am better than you. That that is the thing that you want to instill in your athletes.
0: That and that's not textbook programming, but it it does wonders. Like it's if you train in mm-hmm. that system and like whenever you can't go anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going to be way more prepared than your enemy or your whatever.
1: That's that's the difference between – and that, that's, once again, the difference between gen pop and an athlete, right? Gen pop, you're we're just gonna, trying to get you exactly. there. Exactly.
0: You're, you're not going to put a general Joel in, like, at that point. Exactly. He he doesn't need it. He doesn't compete.
1: Exactly. And, and that's – and we were talking about this earlier. I think that is the uniqueness to competition and sport. You will be raised to your highest level without you even thinking you can get there. Uh, it, I mean, just bringing it back to weightlifting because that's where this podcast kind of is stationed at mm-hmm. is you got 315, 405 on your back. I can only do two. You got somebody on your back saying you're going to hit this weight. Miraculously, you hit the weight, we right? Saw yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Julian! Julian! Yeah. So, yeah, I just think that there's, there should be a portion in your programming that installs grit. I'm yeah. going to make sure you are dead, dead tired, and then I'm going to give you something that seems almost – impossible to do and once you do it you're going to feel that much better yep. i was once told that you should always set your athletes up for success because it's if you set them up for failure it be detrimental to their mental health mm-hmm. um how do you feel about that how do i feel about what do you do you think you can do you think pro you should always program your athletes to be successful or do you think there should be some sort of like planned failure within the program to almost like as a gut check or a humbling experience?
0: I think you can – I can train an athlete and program for him to be as successful as he can. But if – success is relative. Like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. we know that hard workers are the most successful guys, but there's also luck. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, yes, you could program someone to be successful. Mm-hmm. But it also comes down to them mm-hmm. because I could program you to be the – most successful weightlifter right now. But if you don't put in the program, if you don't have the motivation, if you don't have the perseverance, you're not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. If people are working harder than you, you're not going to be successful. And that's something I cannot program. I cannot program self-discipline. I cannot program uh, motivation in someone. That's only internal. Mm -hmm. I can program everything you have to do, every single rep, every single exercise, every single load, every single percentage. But if you don't have the self-discipline, like I said, or the motivation,
1: you're not going anywhere. Is there a way that do, – do you have any techniques that you think you can instill some sort of motivation or some so, some sort of confidence in the athlete? Some sort of confidence? Yeah. So how I like to see it as like – all right, Pat, like from West Palm Beach, we're surrounded with athletes, right? You see these guys with God-given size, strength, and speed, right? But when they get on the field, they're just mentally not there. They, they, don't, they don't do the work that they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think there's a way you can program – a specific way, like can you program a specific way to set them up for success? Like psychologically, you, you know, you don't want always say like, I, I, I am a, a mental midget. When I see the numbers on the paper and I put it on the bar, I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to do this? Like how if, do you think you can overcome that?
0: If someone's struggling mentally to hit the weight? Yes. I mean, something that they could do or I could do is just be there while they're lifting or uh-huh. programming or whatever. Cause uh-huh. we know that if I go to the gym right now and I lift alone, I'm not going to move the weight as easily or as smoothly uh-huh. as if I'm with you like, or with anyone like giving motivation, I mean, motivation and there's also the competitions. I like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm lifting with this guy. Like, I don't want him to see me struggling with this weight. Like I got to do it easily. And guess what? You're going to yeah. do better. You're going to move it more smoothly Yeah, because you're not competing per se, but you have someone there that's actually seeing you and uh, you're going to be like, okay, I don't want to look or I don't want to look weak. Mm-hmm. So I think that, Accountability, mm-hmm. or you're just being there, present in the moment. It works. Mm-hmm. It works better than just working out alone or training alone, whatever programming you have. Um,
1: the anabolic partner, you
0: know, exactly. Yeah, it has some physiological effect. I don't know how to explain it, but it if you have lifted with someone and you have lifted alone, you just know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, and you're gonna understand
1: it. Oh and yeah, I think everyone does. And and that's just di- di- like you know doubling back you need to have some sort of competition in your programming. If you are, if you are training a team have competition daily, because me being in that same situation, it didn't matter that the kid next to me ran a four, four I'm beating him in the sprint. Mm-hmm. Did I beat him every time? Hell no. Hell no. But I put 110% that I didn't know I had on that field. Um, now just like, just to put a, a bow on this, just, I wanted to circle back and just talk about football a little bit was, uh, And I'm sick of – I'm sick of seeing this. It's just we always train in this bilateral or just like – so think about squat, right? We're always squatting on two feet, yeah? Um, Very rarely are we ever on two feet. We're we're mainly doing the gait cycle, so we're always on one foot at a time, you know? Don't get me wrong. Train bilaterally, put more weight on the bar, stress the muscles – but I think there needs to be a, a higher focus on the quote unquote B stance. I don't think it's the B stance; it should be the A stance. You were mm-hmm. you were running primarily the whole game. Why aren't we focusing on this? Um, I feel like sleds have been put into the, the 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 background. We don't do sleds anymore because it's seen as archaic mm-hmm. and old. But there's something to it. You had Payton, uh, Walter Payton, one of the best running backs to ever play the game. What he did. He did hill sprints. He literally did hill sprints more than anything he ever done. So there's something to just taking what you do at a, a on a daily basis or in a play by play basis and perfecting it. Um, That's specificity, also exactly back to specificity. And and we were talking about this, and I always been trying to think about it. Is we've learned that when you master a task, um, our cerebellum, which is responsible for all the highly coordinated actions. Basically, once it says I'm I mastered this task, it no longer goes through the the, the three, four steps that mm-hmm. it goes to, and it just goes through like maybe like two steps. It just does it. Right, exactly. So it's much quicker. I if you want to be a supreme athlete, take one movement that you know you'll do every play or every second of that activity, master it. Think about Kobe. Kobe doesn't think about b- bouncing the mm-hmm. ball. He doesn't think about dribbling. He doesn't think about the guy in front of him. No, he's looking at the higher levels of the game saying, all right, that guy's on the baseline. This guy's here. I can easily get an assist or I can drive it up the middle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same thing for football, just to draw parallels. Every play, a defense alignment or a DB or a wide receiver, an offense alignment will hand fight. Do you think the NFL the NFL caliber players are wor- worried about what's what hands on what? No. They have this this reflex to swat the hands or reset the hands while they're staring at the quarterback or while they're staring down the field. It's master the little things so you can free the brain up to look at the bigger picture. That's something that I keep on trying to tell people, but people are too hocked up on going to the advanced programming. You're not advanced. Mm-hmm. I don't want to break it to you, but you're not advanced. You know, And it's just get back to the basics, and you'll look like the master in the mm-hmm. long run. Uh, let's see. The if basics
0: I, will get you there.
1: It's Yeah. I, I, don't, I can't – and the thing is, like, how, how do you gut, gut check an athlete? How would you gut check an athlete? I have no
0: idea.
1: To, see, be honest. to me personally, I, I, I mean maybe just because that's the, the West Palm way and, like, people are very ignorant. The uh, one way I've seen beaten ignorance is, one, you beat them at their own game. Oh, you're squatting 315, throw a 365 on there. I'll crush that weight and then you'll listen to me. Mm-hmm. Or or you check them. You just you get in their face and you check them. Uh, it's maybe that's what made my personality the way the way mm-hmm. it is, but it's just I think you need to find a way, whatever your team is like, to find okay. how you're going to check yep. that, make them humble. Yep. The best worker is going to be the humble worker. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think that kind of we kind of hit all the things when it comes to training an athlete. Just I, I think just building G, the GPP general prepared or physical preparedness and then from after they got that, be specific,
0: specifying whatever on whatever task will transition to your
1: sport. So, or baseball be- would be like rotation. Strengthening the rotator. Obviously,
0: yeah, it depends on your position because a catcher won't have the same programming as a pitcher, as a right fielder. So it's highly specific.
1: Exactly. And that's another thing. Like, I I agree with having a a general program for the team because it's very hard. That's just the base. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Build that base and have that base in your programming, and then maybe one to two extra exercises that are specific to To that position. Exactly. Um, I I do believe the huge issue in it right now is basically at the lower level high school. They don't get paid enough. You know what I'm saying? It's just like,
0: and they're not gonna do all the work they need to do. They're exactly, just program
1: for everyone the same way because it's just too much. Exactly, or too little money. Exactly, and then that's that's the large issue. So I think if if there's a high school coach listening right now, build that base. Teach your kids how to train for their position. Teach them how to fish, so you don't have to do it for them. Exactly. Um. And then that, yeah. Other than that, then just be specific to the the energy the energy systems. If you're sprinting in the game, don't do a mile. It's the complete opposite. Yeah, it's the complete opposite. It doesn't make any sense. So I just want to move into the final segment that we want to talk about, and that's with kids. Okay. So how would training it? All right. Well, let's just talk about specific brand of kids. So athletic kids, because every everyone knows if you're the dad of your kid, you're gonna want him to do well in sports. Mm-hmm. You know. So. How does your training for a kid look?
0: I would start off just by, I mean, it depends on the sport. Mm-hmm. If he's a multi-sport athlete, I'll, um, I'll definitely train him regarding specifically, specifically to the sport he wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it comes down to my kids, I would say I would definitely have him play at least two sports. Mm-hmm. Just because research says it's better, like, if they play two sports when, whenever they're young, they're gonna have less injuries when they grow up mm-hmm. they're gonna develop like more systems more tasks more hand eye hand coordination more everything um the, I think they'll be more prepared and there's no reason to just let your kid play one sport only because you don't know if he's gonna be a star on that sport mm-hmm. and what if he could be a star on another sport that you didn't didn't give him the chance to exactly so I would sort of like just if they're young I would just let them practice their sport Mm -hmm. and without being too specific because kids just want to have fun. Right. I'm not going to just be like, okay, you got to do this. You got to do that because he'll get tired and he won't want to play sports. Yeah. He'll burn out. But whenever he gets like a little bit older, uh, I, I wouldn't get them lifting weights too young, Mm -hmm. but if he wants to get on the strength training side, I would As you, as we've talked before, I would make him, dominate before his body weight yeah If you can do push-ups well if you can do pull-ups if you can do this and that Mm -hmm. then you can transition to the barbells and to the dumbbells um i don't have like a set age yeah but somewhere in between 12 and 14 as but before like i said they should master their own body because if you can master your own load you, you shouldn't be pressing or squatting or benching some sort of external load yeah
1: Yeah. I just bringing it back, like how many professional athletes at their top caliber level hate the game they're playing? None, absolutely none. So in order for you to be great at something, Mm -hmm. you have to be obsessed with it, right? So who are you to tell your kid that you're going to be obsessed with football, baseball, soccer, so on? Um, I liked liked your, your, your point of view there where it comes down to I, I for me, I, I'm gonna make sure my kids are playing ping pong, baseball, everything. soccer, everything. everything. Because it's it's different hand eye coordination, right? Well, I mean I guess hand foot coordination if we're talking about but soccer. Everything. Throw a soccer ball in front of me, I'll look like a newborn deer that hasn't ever touched the floor before. You know, so it's it's because I never I've never mm-hmm. developed that, that coordination and I wish I've done I've I've done so. So my goal is when my kid or my the kid I'm training at a young age Throw everything at the wall. See what sticks. Develop everything because it's going to have some kind of positive transfer to whatever sport they're playing. It's inevitable, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I do – I am right in line with you when it comes to uh, bodyweight exercises. How many people do you see out there that can crush squat, deadlift, bench, and all that? You get them on the pull-up bar; they get a half, <laughs> half pull-up. cheating pull-up. Yeah. You know that's a fundamental move that people are just kind of forgetting because they're like, oh, i would just rather row." Yeah, you would rather row because it's easier. You're you're huge <laughs> and you can't do a pull-up anymore. So, but if you weigh two hundred
0: pounds, pulling yourself up, it's not an easy. That's task. a two hundred
1: pound pull-up. You know, I mean, I that's why if you stay with it you if you're always doing pull-ups you're already progressively overloading because you're putting on weight inevitably because you're going through puberty and so on. So yeah, I, I, and other than the hand eye, I would say just yeah, general to specific.
0: Exactly.
1: Once once that that the, the and when you become specific, it's not you, it's it's only based on the kid. What is his interest? What is his developmental progress? Yep. And just like I like how you gave a range, right? From maybe like twelve to fourteen, yeah. Um, if you think about it, it, it when you transfer into the weightlifting portion, you are just you're progressively o- overloading the positions that you've already strengthened. Mm-hmm. You don't need to strengthen something that hasn't been perfected yet. Yep. It, you have other other things to work on. Um, I think that might hit everything that we wanted to talk about. At what age did you start weightlifting? I started weightlifting. I started weightlifting at. 14 14 going into high school and i told you i think i told you this about like i used to do uh the six minute ab videos yeah. at home yeah. not because i really wanted abs but it was just basically because it's just like all right well i want to start exercising i don't know what the hell to do mm-hmm. so here i am busting out crunches side planks and all this <laughs> at like 5 a.m in the morning That's crazy. right before middle school um and i think that that Started really
0: young
1: yeah i think it was just my, my dad gave in the video and i was like all right, yeah, I'll do Absolutely. it. Oh, he had a Bowflex too. God, that <laughs> thing sucked. Absolutely sucked. I they, never used a We had a crowded-ass uh, garage too. So like when I would like try to use the Bowflex, the little bending things would <laughs> smack into something. I'm like, oh. Like, <laughs> it, funny. I'm not trying to make fun of anyone who has a Bowflex, but uh, it's garbage. But spend money elsewhere. I, mean, I think they charge like $1,000 for that yep. BS. Like, come on. You it's can expensive. get a rack. You can get whatever you want. Oh, dude, it's literally on the paper and we didn't even talk about it. Um, just in general, we'll talk about it real quick. When it comes to off-season and in-season, how does your programming change with your athlete?
0: I'm just going to give an example of baseball because that's the sport that I know the better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, a problem with baseball back on the island, Puerto Rico, I don't know how baseball's here, but on high school and college and everything, they basically have no off-season regarding mm-hmm. to training Um, because they train the same way in season and off season, which is an error, I think. Uh, If you're in season, yes, you're still going to lift weights. You're still going to train, but settle down the intensity. You're not going to lift with the same amount of intensity and the same amount of volume whenever you're in season, because if I have a game on Friday and I squat my 85% today, I mean, I'm going to be tired. I'm I'm not going to be able to run. I'm going to be sore. I'm not going to be able to run as I'm supposed to run, like, I would, the, the, the programming would still be very similar, but I would just settle down a little bit and take it easier when Mm -hmm. it comes, when I'm in season and when I'm off season, whenever, let's say for example, a pitcher, if you just finish your season right now, you have no reason to go next week and just go ahead to pitching to long tossing, take a break, get stronger. Yeah. Cause that's another error, a common error that I see. They finish a season and the next week they're long tossing, Pitching, bullpen. There's uh, no variations. Exactly. There's no variation. And they skip the part of strengthening. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend if, ever, if you're finishing a season, take a couple of months to just get stronger. Mm-hmm. Strengthen your rotator cuffs, your legs, your hip movements. And I promise you that it's just going to transition onto your sport rather than if you just keep tossing and tossing and tossing and pitching, you're, you're not going to get any better. You're going to get more injured because you're not – Strengthening or giving a little bit of rest to that shoulder to that
1: movement. When it comes to when it comes to pitching, how much of it is like a lower body exercise? It's a lot of a lower leg drive. Is it? Yep. See, there you go. Right. So the more you train your lower body, yep. the more you're going to see it transfer into your. It's so pitch.
0: lower body and a little bit of shoulder and elbow. But Interesting. It, it's a lot of lower body.
1: Exercise. See, right there. And just to, to talk about what you just said is, yes, you may be sore and all that as well. But all, just think about the central your CNS fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. It's if you feel like trash going into the game, you're not gonna perform your best. If you feel slightly fatigued, you're still not gonna perform your best. And
0: if you're a college athlete, it's not only the training, it's, it's the stress of classes, going mm-hmm. to class. You gotta wake up early to train, go to class, then you gotta train again. And if you have a game, you have the stress of the game of the classes, like it's a lot, it's a full-time job and it's mm-hmm. a lot. So all of the external load from the programming, but also taking into consideration the internal load.
1: When it comes to, I mean, because you've been in the position and you, you know, you've been through the internal and external load. If you had to go back and coach a a college baseball team, how would you account for the internal load?
0: Um, My coaches never asked me or talked to me about sleeping. Uh I didn't sleep a lot. I could have slept more, but I like to party. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is what it is, right? Um, I would, I mean, you can't make your athletes do a behavior they don't want to do Mm -hmm. but you could give them advice yeah if i were a coach a college coach i would tell them to sleep at at least seven or eight hours if they can Mm -hmm. because i know school's busy and all of blah 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 sleep good um eat better like college athletes eat it shit were they they on on the
1: all you can eat programs yeah yeah
0: and like they give money to eat and like you just eat like shitty food um like yeah you can be flexible but at least 80% of the time, try to eat healthy.
1: Relatively clean. Yeah, yeah, eat your
0: vegetables, eat your meat, high protein, eat some good carbs, and don't just eat fries and burgers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you think a majority of the reason why the internal load wasn't managed or at least handled well by your athletes or your friends uh, was just because they didn't know?
0: Because they didn't know, but I think they didn't care.
1: Gotcha. Do you think yeah. it just. I didn't care. So. If you were educated on it more, would you care?
0: I was educated, not as educated as I am now, Mm -hmm. but I still didn't care. I knew I had to sleep eight hours, but I didn't sleep eight hours. Mm -hmm. I prefer to do other stuff.
1: That's interesting. I I think that. But
0: also, if I would be more if I knew what I know right now by that time, I would definitely sleep more and take more into consideration of my internal.
1: I mean, that's That's hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I I was just thinking that. uh... How could you get it? Like, obviously, it changes. And that's what makes you a phenomenal coach or not, right? How can you get through to these athletes? You know, and every sport's different, and every kid's slightly ignorant in a different way.
0: I think that's the hard part of being a coach because you don't get taught that in school.
1: No, not at all. That's a human part of coaching. Exactly. You have
0: to get through to your. Students, or your, or your whatever, or your trainee, how do
1: I relate to this kid exactly? And the thing is, that the older you get, the harder it is to relate. You know, like I'm young, you're young, we could talk exactly. about something the same thing But if thing.
0: you're a 50 year old coach with a 20 year old college, student, yeah. it's like what, what the hell am I gonna to talk to him you about? Start referencing old movies, movies or, or anything, right?
1: <laughs> hey, you ever seen uh, what Sand Law? It's like, what the hell is Sand <laughs> Hey, that's a classic old man. <laughs> um, yeah, I just that's something that I've been wrestling with, and it's always going to be a question I would like to answer. Is just basically, what is how do you get good information to a kid that's ignorant? When we're all young, we always think that oh, I know everything. I, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I just like you. I look back, hindsight's twenty twenty. I've could have done things a hundred times better. I was in the gym trying to kill myself because I thought I thought doing more sets, reps, and all that would do better. But no, I look at my meal planning or just what I've been eating. It's nothing, shout out, Mom, love the salad, love the chicken strips, uh, but I wasn't feeding a football player, you know <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah
0: I, I just think that coaches should take their time and talk to their students or to their players
1: how How would you combat that with a a team that has hundred plus kids?
0: I have no answer for you because baseball teams, there's no more than 20, 25 players. So how do you – so
1: so for 20, 25 players, do you suggest like going in there and just like one by one, just kind of like, hey, come in here? One by one is a little bit difficult, but
0: for example, there's like a general manager, but there's also pitching coaches, batting coaches. Positional coaches. Exactly. So if I were to do it, if I were like the general manager or the general coach, I would just make the pitching coach talk to the – pitchers right 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 Make the batting coach talk to the to the hitters Mm -hmm. make the for example the outfield or whatever coach talk to them because it it cuts down my work yeah because if they do that on their own time on their Mm -hmm. practice then we could do like a big meeting or a general meeting and i could talk to them yeah but one by one it's definitely difficult right coaches have lots to do and students have lots to do they're not going to take one or two hours of their time just to come to you yeah to to talk about life or about their load or whatever stressing them, they're not going to do
1: it. That's true. That's it's definitely true. I mean,
0: that that I just thought about that, and that's the way I would do it. Yeah. But what about football? Because football teams are bigger.
1: It's way bigger, but it's kind of like I would probably attack it the same way. It's positional coaches, um, and I would just like if I was like let's say that I was a strength and conditioning coach at time, I would straight up just go up to your the positional coach, because you got to think about it. These guys like in college football. One bad season, you're out of a job. You're moving across the country to a new college, right? I would go to them and say, look, this player, this player, this player is not doing what they could be doing to be the best athlete they can.
0: I wonder how how different would performance be if they addressed the psychological or the human part
1: <sighs> night and of, day,
0: of sports because I was an athlete and they never addressed that part. It's it, only, only the top th- people. It's only the physical part, but... They never talk to me about stress or about sleep or mm-hmm. about nutrition or how it could affect my performance. Or,
1: never. That's where I, I've been. I, I've been heard a lot about it. Like you know, Alabama, all these top notch. They they bring in a sports psychologist and they do that. And I don't know what exactly they talk about, but it, it, they they're hitting it well. And look, they're the best best program in the damn country. In my, in my years
0: of being an athlete. There was one meeting with a sports psychologist and all she talked about was safe sex. It has nothing to do, <laughs> nothing to Hey, while you're out there, make with, sure you're wearing a condom. A psychology. It had nothing to do with <laughs> what she was supposed to talk. She only talked about sex. It was crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it, it was
1: nonsense. That's All right. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I would say that I think we hit everything on here. Um. Not bad. Not bad for a topic that kind of got given to us in what, less than a day. Um, oh, Just one last thing to put a bow on it when it comes to off-season and in-season, right? Um, off-season, we're trying to build strength, power, speed. We're trying to build an animal, right? When we're in-season, we are trying to maintain the animal, okay? Mm-hmm. We want to maintain power. We want to maintain strength. However, you got to keep in mind when you are in-season, you are at your peak. You are at your ultimate intensity, so how do we try to balance this out? The gym cannot be the forefront. It just needs to be the the maintenance. And how do you maintain how do you maintain a, an animal like that? Well, one, you do plyometrics but not a lot, large volume of them because that's going to maintain the power and then you're going to pick specific exercises that require dynamic stability. So for example, we always talk about the ACL. ACL is like the the nemesis of every sport right now. Um we know the hamstring protects the ACL. If the hamstring is activating correctly, you are less likely to tear that ACL. So what am I doing? I'm going to put you in an exercise that demands the hamstring to dynamically stabilize in a, I would say, single leg stance. Because guess what? Football, soccer, all these things are single leg stance. So once, once again, specificity. If you are programming something and you're staring at it and like I have no clue where I would find this in the sport – Take it out of your program. Find something that works, or something that you can, you can dead set say this is this and this is that. Um, other than that, manage your athlete's intensity because it will go far. If you overdo it because you want this, you want them to be big or fast, strong so bad, you're only going to cripple them. And then what, what, I'm going to quote not only Raul but plenty of people: you're striving for consistency and. Yeah, consistency and but not perfection.
0: Consistency over perfection,
1: right? Yeah, it's everything all about time. making small gains over time and not getting injured. That is the worst thing you can do because yep. not only is that a regression, but it's a psychological dent in the head. You know, I don't want to do that. I got hurt. Yeah. So I think that's uh, everything. I mean, we ranted for quite a long time. Um, forty minutes. Really, forty minutes? Holy shit! I expected this to be like a twenty-minute episode
0: because <laughs> he like you told me the topic like
1: five minutes ago well i guess forty minutes, minutes ago. <laughs> before the
0: episode <laughs> all right well but thank you for tuning in we have a special guest for you next week so you don't want to miss that
1: yeah please don't miss it we're not gonna say who it is yeah bye